Now, I've read these scriptures this evening deliberately um, from the beginning, just over the middle and near the end of the book of Isaiah, because I believe in the unity of Isaiah. Some destructive critics have tried to divide the book of Isaiah into three sections. However, our Lord Jesus Christ, in his earthly ministry, when he quoted, he quoted from what the critics call the three different sections of Isaiah. There is a wonderful book written by E.J. Young uh, on the unity of Isaiah, and I believe it has not been answered even today, a book that was written earlier in the 20th century. So I do not subscribe to the destructive critics. A wonderful thing that we find in the, the, the book of Isaiah was from our first scripture reading. Not only did Isaiah hear the word of the Lord, but he was able to enjoy the word of God visually. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw, he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Let us commit our time unto the Lord in prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, our eternal heavenly Father, we thank thee and praise thee that we have this time, this opportunity to come before thee in prayer, in the word and the ministry of the word. Lord, once again we pray that thou would be pleased to bless us in this hour, that our hearts might be warmed, that our minds would be informed, but that our hearts would be inflamed for the prophetic scripture which you have revealed to us, that we might know as thy servants that which is yet to come. Lord, draw near to us, we pray, for we ask these things through the name and for the sake of our precious Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. I just want to introduce my subject this evening. We've come to that time of the month where we turn our attention to the prophetic scriptures, um, the monthly meetings. And it's come to that time of year for me to uh, bring a consideration from the prophetic scriptures. Uh, we do live in, in, indeed in, in strange times. However, these have not prevented us from gathering, albeit through the medium of technology. I am here in central Perthshire. I should normally be in North London, and you are in the comfort of your own homes this evening. May the Lord bless us as we are gathered together. But in the times in which we live in, we must remember that um, in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 1, it says, To everything... There is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. We believe that our sovereign Lord is in control of all the events and the situation, not only in our localities or in our nation, but throughout the whole world. He is indeed the Lord of all things, the whole universe included. 
I take this time and opportunity to thank the Sovereign Grace Advent Testimony for allowing me another opportunity to bring and to speak the message of God at this time. I also want to give a little thank you for my family for um, being the experts in the technology uh, so that we were able to produce this um, through um, much painstaking efforts, um, many trials and uh, many takes. Our subject, which has produced these series of meetings this year, is that God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. That's found in Luke 1 verse 70. We have another confirmation of this also in the book of uh, Hosea. I have spoken by the prophets, our Lord said, and I have multiplied visions and used similitudes by the ministry of the prophets. So our purpose, therefore, is that all the holy prophets spoke of our Lord Jesus Christ and of his second advent. So tonight we're going to be turning to the mouth of one of the prophets, familiarly known to us as a major prophet, not because he is of greater importance than any of the, the other prophets, but he is a major prophet in the sense that he wrote more and that uh, he is part of his brothers, all the rest of the prophets whom our Lord revealed the future to. So tonight we are turning to the prophecy of Isaiah. Now a number of years ago I was listening to one of the speakers from this platform. Um, and in his message, he was dealing with the subject, I believe it was the millennium in Jeremiah. And he had a little regret. Um, and his regret was that he wasn't speaking from the book of Isaiah. Now, I believe it might have been Mr. Eastwood, but I could be wrong here. And if I am wrong, forgive me. Um, but we knew where he was coming from because he was saying that in the book of Isaiah, there was a, 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 maybe a greater breadth, um, many more subjects, and uh, many more details and in-depth teaching on the subject of prophecy. So, with that in mind, I went to my task. And um, he was indeed right. Um, and it's a Herculean task trying to bring the, the prophecies, which are legion, in the book of Isaiah to do justice to him and glory to the, our Lord and God. It was a matter of what all speakers have, um, what to bring out and what to leave, what subject to pursue and which not to pursue, um, how much depth to go into and how superficial can one be. Isaiah was inspired to bring many subjects concerning our Lord's second advent. Events leading up to our Lord's appearing, first time, 
events leading up to our Lord's second advent, events leading to the actual appearance itself, and post-appearance prophecies. So there is a wealth of material. So I had this dilemma, and I have to admit here, um, it's a good dilemma to have. But nonetheless, a dilemma of what to bring out in this message, which would do justice to the prophecy of Isaiah. The more I looked at the breadth of the subjects revealed in the prophecy, I really realised that a single passage um, or a single subject uh, would not do justice to the breadth of the book. I, as I was laying out my material, uh, and as I studied, uh, I realised that Isaiah gave, gave such a, a depth and wealth of revealed truth um, that I started putting my um, subjects under headings. Um, and I did this right throughout the book of Isaiah um, in an alphabetic format of divine inspired truth concerning practically all the subjects of the prophecy of the second advent. I felt that this would best be the approach to the subject that we have tonight. So what I'm going to give you this evening is Isaiah's Encyclopedia of Prophetic Truth. So we're going to take this approach, um, an alphabet approach from A to Z as time allows and um, allow Isaiah himself to speak from the passages of Scripture so that each of us can gain um, the, the amount of subjects, the, the, the number of them, the wealth of them, the depth that are, that are in it, the small details and the huge details that are found in this book. These may be helpful, they have been for me, and they may well be helpful for you in the future in your own personal reading or your personal study of the Word. For me, it has now become um, a, a longer approach because I'm continuing this myself, adding to the subjects as I go along um, for my own personal um, instruction and edification and, and growth in, in the, the understanding of the Lord and of his word. Sometimes I will just mention a subject. Sometimes I will mention a subject plus the scripture reference. Sometimes we shall pursue the subject in a little bit more detail. and But at the end of each letter, I'm going to give you other associated subjects for your further pursuance. So, we begin this evening with the letter A. And in Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 1, we have this scripture reading. And in that day, thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. So, anger turned away. And that takes us to a time when, in the future, the nation of Israel will have a wonderful, wonderful privilege. They will be converted. The anger of the Lord will be turned away from them. 
and they will be comforted. Another subject here is all nations. And we find this in Isaiah 2 verse 2, which we read earlier. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. Here uh, the Lord tells us of a time that we have never seen in any age in the past when all nations, all nations or their representatives or their leaders or their religious leaders but they will come to Jerusalem to seek the Lord God, his word and his testimonies. With that in mind, there is a particular nation mentioned, uh, the nation of Assyria. And that's our third subject here under A. And in chapter 19, verse 23, we read, In that day shall there be a highway out of Egypt to Assyria. And the Assyrian shall come into Egypt, and the Egyptian into Assyria, and the Egyptians shall serve with the Assyrians. In that day shall I be, shall there be a third with Egypt and with Assyria, even a blessing in the midst of the land, when the Lord of hosts shall bless, saying, Blessed be Egypt, my people, and Assyria, the work of my hands, and Israel, my inheritance." So here we see Assyria, a nation uh, which in past times were um, foes and enemies. And uh, here we find that in the latter days a special blessing is um, reserved for them uh, along with Israel and Egypt. Well, under A we could have covered a number of subjects. Um, the Antichrist is mentioned a number of times in the passage, passages. Um, Avenging enemies is another subject. We find that in Isaiah 1 verse 24. Um, arising to shake terribly the earth. Scriptures you are familiar with. And then another subject, uh, a darker subject, but nonetheless important, is the anger of God. So now we turn to the letter B. And here again we turn to another nation, but this time a nation under judgment. That is B, Babylon. Two chapters are recorded and they record the downfall of, uh, of Babylon and its leader. Isaiah chapters 13 and 14 uh, called the burden of Babylon. Let me just read one or two verses from this. Howl ye, for the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. And Babylon, the glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldees, excellency shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, so verses 6 and verse 9 of chapter 13. Speaking of a time when it is the day of the Lord, very specific that it is at the end times and that Babylon will be uh, judged, both her um, political and mercantile systems um, who, which, have, uh, which have and will deceive in the latter days will be dealt with with the mighty hand of God. Another subject under B is the branch. In that day shall a branch, the branch of the Lord be beautiful and glorious and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and comely for those that are escaped 
of Israel. Isaiah 4 verse 2. Um, speaking of a time when uh, the, the, our great leader, our Lord Jesus Christ, here identified as the branch, will do a wonderful work of fruitfulness in the earth. Not just physical fruitfulness of the land, that will be part of it, but fruitfulness in the lives of his ancient people Israel, who are at this time cast off. No other subjects underneath that at the moment. See, a wonderful subject, comfort given. We've seen this already, haven't we, in Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 1. Thine anger is turned away. Isn't it wonderful to have the Lord's anger turned away? Not just from an individual, because we are born in sin, and we deserve punishment for that sin. But the Lord's anger turned away personally and we experience grace and conversion. Uh, that time in Isaiah chapter 12 will be when a nation, untold numbers, will experience the same thing and at the same time. What a wonderful thought. Also under sea is the word cleansing. From Isaiah 4, verse 4, we did read it earlier. Let us read it, read it again. When the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and have, shall have purged the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof by the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning. Let us turn to the letter D now. We're not going to expand here. I'm just going to give you a list of things under D. Um, there is the day of the Lord, the day of visitation, Isaiah 10, verse 3. In the last days, Isaiah 2, verse 2. In that day, Isaiah 7, verse 20 through 23. The day of the Lord is at hand, Isaiah 13, verse 6. A very profitable subject just to pursue that one aspect of the day, because there's going to be a day. This is not a think-so, this is a no-so, for the Lord has revealed it unto his servants, the prophets that we are studying throughout the series. Other subjects under the letter D would be the desire to end war, Isaiah 2 verse 4. The desire for teaching, Isaiah 2 verse 3. The desire of women, Isaiah 4 verse 1, we read that earlier. The desire for war to be ended, Isaiah 2 verse 4. More importantly, the destruction of Antichrist, Isaiah 10 verse 12 and 25. And another great subject is the David's throne, which could be profitably studied throughout the whole of Isaiah. That's found in Isaiah 9 and verse 7. Let us turn now to the letter E. The earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord. From Isaiah 11 verse 9 we read, They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Of course, 
before these blessings, the earth will go through a difficult time. The earth he judged. Isaiah 24, verse 4, we read, The earth mourneth and fadeth away. The world languisheth and fadeth away. The haughty people of the earth do languish. So we can see there are two contrasts of the earth. One, a time of destruction and desolation, followed by a time of great and wonderful blessing, peace, not destruction, um, peace, not war, peace with the knowledge of the Lord being the chief and uppermost thoughts in the minds of all people. What a wonderful time to contemplate and to anticipate. Also under the letter E, the exaltation. We find this in the book of Isaiah, again, chapter 2, verse 17. And the loftiness of man shall be bowed down, and the haughtiness of men shall be made low, and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. No more premiers, no more presidents, no more dictators, no more despots. The Lord alone will be exalted on that day. Exalted in that day. Just think of that. Exalted by not just Israel as a nation, but as a world. People worshipping the exalted one. Other subject under E? Well, there are a number here. Um, Egypt and Assyria. We looked at that briefly earlier in Isaiah 19. Egypt and Antichrist, Isaiah 19, verse 4. Um, e, enemies dealt with, uh, chapter 1, verse 24. Uh, profitable subject is the elect, and the elect that will be there in the end times. Establishment of the Lord's house, everlasting burning. So a number of subjects in, under the letter E. Turning to the letter F now. There will be a time when there will be, as there is not at the moment, a time of fear of the Lord. In Isaiah chapter 2, verse 20, In that day a man shall cast his idols of silver and his idols of gold, which they made each one for himself to worship to the moles and to the bats, to go into the clefts of the rock, and into the tops of the ragged rocks for fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty when he ariseth to shake terribly the earth. So we did mention earlier events um, preceding the Lord's um, glorious and wonderful exaltation and millennial reign. And we see here is a time when the, the wicked will fear uh, the appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ and his intervention in this world because it will be the establishing of his manifest kingdom and they know because their conscience bears them witness that they are not in his favour. Now a little bit more encouraging subject. F. Fruit of the earth. In Isaiah 4 verse 2 In that day Shall the branch of the Lord be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth shall be exalted and comely for them that are escaped of Israel. 
Yeah, we looked at this verse under the, the letter B for branch. And it is the Lord who is the branch who will make the country of Israel a country of fruitfulness. And I believe that this is also something that will happen on a worldwide scale also. I know that there are in Israel today people working on the kibbutzes and they are um, reclaiming the land, the barren land. Um, but that in no way fulfills the scripture because it is when the Lord returns that there will be great and wonderful fruitfulness. I found it difficult to find a few more subjects under F, but that is an ongoing study for me. We turn to G, government. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. How will this be accomplished? The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Of course that's taken from the very familiar passage of scripture Isaiah 9 verses 6 and 7. So we have government here and also the governor because the Lord Jesus Christ will govern in a mighty and powerful way as no other governor has governed before and a government like no other government also. What a wonderful breadth and depth of teaching we have here in Isaiah. I mean, I marvel just looking at this this passage that we've just looked at, the government and governor. When we think of all the misgovernment and bad governors that we've had and have at this time, here we have one who is loving, caring, but a God of justice also, because he will govern. And the duty of government is the protection of the innocent and dealing with those who are out of the way, those who are felons and such. Now under G we have a number of other uh, subjects we could look at profitably. Glory revealed, because the glory will be revealed. The glory of God, as never seen before, will be revealed in a physical, manifest manner. G, the Gentiles seeking. Uh, we shall look at that just uh, in a few moments. Um, and glorious rest. We turn now to the letter H. Humbling. There will be a time of humbling. In Isaiah 2 verse 12. For the day of the Lord of hosts shall be upon every one that is proud and lofty and upon every one that is lifted up and he shall be brought low. Here we shall see the Lord dealing with those who have placed themselves above their station in life, those who have been wicked in their government, unrighteous decrees, terrible laws, persecution of the Lord's people. We think of the persecuted church 
in many parts of Africa, Asia, the old Soviet bloc countries. Terrible persecution. Terrible times of dealing with pastors and churches, heads of households. But here we have a time of humbling. The Lord will humble them. And in their humbling, as we saw earlier, he will be the exalted one. Now also under itch we could profitably look at the harmony in the animal world. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. And the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. Isaiah 11, verse 6. Connected to that, the wolf and the lamb shall feed together, and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock, and the dust shall be the serpent's meat. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. Isaiah 65, 25. Here is wonderful time. Harmony in the animal world. Of course that harmony also extends to individuals, nations, and nations in the relationship to Israel. This will be a time of harmony as there has never been anywhere upon the earth at any time in any age past. But there will be a time of harmony in the future. Two other subjects we could study under this are also the holy mountain. Very profitable, that one. And of course the subject of hell. Now we turn to the letter I. And of course we couldn't go through Isaiah without looking at one of his predominant subjects, which is Israel's salvation. Chapter 1, verse 27 tells us, Zion shall be redeemed with judgment and her converts with righteousness. So there's a time coming, um, and Isaiah predominates this right throughout his book, of a time of wonderful, loving care. The Lord stretching out his hand to that ancient people. Paul describes that in the book of Romans, chapters 9 through 11, when all Israel shall be saved. And we believe that, that there's something that will happen. Let's read a little more concerning that. In Isaiah 4 verse 3, And it shall come to pass, that he that is left in Zion, and he that remaineth in Jerusalem, shall be called holy, and every one that is written among the living in Jerusalem. When the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion, and shall have purged the blood of Jerusalem, from the midst thereof, by the spirit of judgment, and by the spirit of burning. That's Isaiah um, uh, 4, verses 3 through 4. We could expand upon this here, but we see here Isaiah speaking for himself the word of the Lord. And I think it's been profitable just to look at these scriptures this evening to see that the Lord's purpose is very caring, very loving. Other subjects underneath the letter I could be idolatry will be dealt with when the Lord is then exalted upon the throne in Jerusalem, in his manifest kingdom at the end of the age. The increase of 
his government, as we found in Isaiah chapter 9. Turning now to J, and we, we couldn't go through Isaiah without spending a little time on the place of J, Jerusalem. The prominence of this city in the future. In chapter 1, verse 26, Thou shalt be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Then the moon shall be confounded, the sun ashamed, when the Lord of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion, in Jerusalem, and before his ancients gloriously. Isaiah 24, verse 23. And it shall come to pass in that day that the great trumpet shall be blown and shall come, and they shall come which were ready to perish in the land of Assyria and the outcasts of Egypt and shall worship the Lord in the holy mount at Jerusalem. Chapter 27, verse 13. And many people shall go and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Well, it's very apart from these very few scriptures here that the city of Jerusalem will have a great prominence in the future. There, the law will go out, the word of the Lord will go out. There also, people will flow unto it. It will be the real and the true pilgrimage because they will be going to meet the Lord of heaven and earth who will be ruling and reigning in Jerusalem at this particular time. It's a wonderful prospect. It's a great thought. And so today we should be, um, as the psalmist said, praying, even at this time, for the peace of Jerusalem. Other subjects under J would be judgment and judge. Now we come to K, and of course, we bring kingdom, Christ's kingdom. And we found that in Isaiah 9, which we read. Our Lord shall, that he who is described in verse 6, shall be upon the throne of David. The throne of David is not in heaven. The throne of David will be upon the earth. Our Lord, who came from the tribe of Judah, shall be the last in this line of kings. And the Lord will sit upon the throne, exalted as we've seen, and ruling as we have seen, as a loving, caring governor, but he will be king, king of heaven and earth, king of all the universe. Connected to this, underneath this subject of king, kingdoms, are the kingdoms that will come to this kingdom. And we find this in Isaiah 60, verses 11 through 12. Therefore, thy gates shall be open continually. They shall not be shut day nor night, that men may bring unto thee the forces of the Gentiles, and that their king may be brought. 
For the nations and kingdom that will not serve thee shall perish. Yea, those nations shall be utterly wasted. So here we see that the nations will come. Access will be for them. They will be none barred. But those, woe to those who do not come. For they will be utterly wasted. Of course, underneath the subject of K is the king. And we have briefly looked at that earlier. We turn now to the letter L. Lord judging and rebuking many peoples. And he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people. Isaiah 2 verse 4. Law going forth from Jerusalem. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord. 2 verse 3. Lord exalted and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. Lord shaking to go into the clefts of the rocks and to the tops of the ragged rocks for fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty when he ariseth to shake terribly the earth. And here we have here the, the what will happen just prior to our Lord's second advent when he comes to his earth to claim his kingdom, when he comes to the Mount of Olives and he will come to shake terribly the earth. There will be great tectonic activities at that time. Those of which we're being warned of just now. When we hear of um, earthquakes, when we hear of other natural disasters. Lord, Lord in the midst, cry out and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. 12 verse 6. So our Lord is prominent at this time in many aspects of his judicial work, all from Mount Zion, from Jerusalem, the Lord will be in the midst. What a wonderful, comforting thought that we have. Of course, as Christians, we have this great, wonderful benefit just now, because our Lord is present by God, the Holy Spirit, within each one of us. But here there will be a time that it will be outward, manifest, visual. Other subjects we could look at here under L would be the land, which um, Isaiah does give quite a lot of prominence to. M. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow unto it. Well, the mountain of the Lord's house during those tectonic activities that I mentioned just a moment ago at our Lord's second advent, um, uh, Jerusalem will be um, raised up. There will be a, um, an activity there whereby Jerusalem will be uh, raised up in the mountains and um, be in higher elevation than at this present time. That's found in Isaiah 2 verse 2. Let's pursue the mountain just for a few moments. And in this mountain shall the Lord of hosts make unto all people a feast of fat things, a feast of wines on the lees, of fat things full of marrow, of wines on the lees well refined. Isaiah 25 and verse 6. Uh, fruitfulness and also abundant provisions by our Lord in his holy mountain. 
Let's pursue a little further. And many people shall go and say, Come ye, and let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. Chapter 2, verse 3. Here it is a, a desire, and not a constrained desire, and not a forced desire, but a heartfelt desire to go and see the Lord, to be in his vicinity. And that will indeed happen in that day. Of course, in that mountain, they shall not hurt, as we saw earlier, nor destroy in all my holy mountain. There will be peace and harmony in the lower creation of plants, where there will be fruitfulness, in the animal creation that we have seen amongst fierce animals, one with another and with humans and vice versa. But peace and harmony in that mountain amongst peoples, Israel with other nations. A great blessing and a great anticipation for us all. Now other subject underneath this heading of the letter M would be missionary activity. This is something that Israel will do um, during those those days. Uh, A great spreading forth of the word of God and the truth of God from Jerusalem with his multitude of servants, missionaries, the church planters of the future, evangelists to proclaim the great and high exalted Lord living in Jerusalem. Also under M, the millennium. I decided not to take that subject uh, this, this time because there is much in Isaiah and many references, of course. Other nations that will be dealt with will be Moab, uh, specifically mentioned chapter 25 and verse 10. Now we turn to the letter N. And of course we have to turn to the new heavens and the new earth. Chapter 65, verse 17, and also to verse 25. But let's read one verse. For behold, I create new heavens, plural, and a new earth, and the form, and the former shall not be remembered, nor come into mind. So that contrast will be such that there will be no hankering by individuals back to the old world. Let me just bring up one or two aspects from these verses in Isaiah 65. A new Jerusalem rejoicing, not with fear anymore, not surrounded by armies, as it has been in many times past and will again in the future, but a new Jerusalem rejoicing. A rejoicing people, no more mourning, no more premature death, peace and safety, a place of divine provisions, a harmony in the animal world. One verse also in Isaiah 66, For as the new heavens and the new earth which I make, shall remain before me, saith the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain. That's verse 17 of that chapter. And other subjects is that we could look under this letter of N would be nations, and there are a number of nations specifically mentioned to be either um, blessed or to have the Lord's anger upon them at the end time. 
Now, oh, now uh, in my studies I couldn't find anything under the letter O. So what I've done is I've turned to the O Olivet Discourse by our Lord Jesus Christ. Because in his Olivet Discourse, he makes six references to the book of Isaiah. In Matthew 24, verse 7, nation shall rise against nation. Isaiah 19, 2. Matthew 24, verse 29, the moon shall not give her light. Isaiah 13, verse 10. Matthew 24, verse 29, the stars shall fall from heaven. Isaiah 34, verse 4. Matthew 24, verse 31, he shall send his angels with a great sound of trumpet. Isaiah 27, verse 13. Luke 21, verse 24, Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles. Isaiah 63, verse 18. Luke 21, verse 35, As a snare shall it come upon all them that dwell, etc., and so on. Isaiah 24 and verse 17. So our Lord Jesus Christ here quotes from these different parts of the book of Isaiah in his Olivet Discourse when he reveals details concerning the events that are age-long and the events that will happen just prior to our Lord's second advent and also what will happen thereafter. And in our Lord's thinking, uh, the book of Isaiah is very prominent. A lesson for all of us. The letter P. Now we turn to this and it's the word praise. And praise will have a, a big feature in the, the new heavens and the new earth. Um, and in the millennial period, there will be a great time of praise in both these places. Chapter 12, verse 1. And in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away. So when the anger of the Lord is turned away from an individual, their desire is to praise the Lord. And indeed we praise the Lord. Both privately and corporately. But there will be a day when Israel will praise the Lord in a unity. They will not be the secular and the religious. They will not be um, the same in the Gentile nations, the secular and the religious. But all will sing praise unto the Lord. And in that day, Shall you say, praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his doings among the people, make mention that his name is exalted. 12 verse 4. Sing unto the Lord, for he hath done excellent things. This is known, where? In all the earth. Not just in one locality, but in all the earth. That is in Isaiah 12 verse 5. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. Isaiah 12, verse 6. So a great time of praise to look forward to with all 
the problems and difficulties that we have just now with bad singing voices, stammering voices, not able to keep a, a, a pitch or a tone, um, there will be a time when we shall praise and it will be praise uh, perfect. Other profitable subjects underneath the letter P would be something we've seen already, but a slightly different variation, the proud humbled. The purging of Israel, 1 verse 25. The purging of Jerusalem, verse 4 of chapter 4. The protection of Israel, chapter 4, verse 6. And of course, most prominent of all under the letter P is that there will be peace. And we've mentioned that in some detail before. Now we come to the letter Q, and that was a challenge. Um, it gave me some problems. However, there will be questions that certain people will address. Um, address to individuals and nations before the times of the Great Tribulation and the time of divine judgments. A question, and these are all found in chapter 10 of Isaiah. The first question. And what will you do in the day of visitation? A very pertinent question to ask people today. And in that day, what will they do? Another question. What will you do in the de- when the, when sorry? What will you do in the desolation which shall come from afar? Another searching question. These are searching questions that should search the souls of people. What are we going to do when the, the things that we have spoken about today, when the Lord comes back and is exalted, are their hearts ready? And where will you leave your glory? All pertinent questions that could be asked to people, individuals, local groups, nationalities, ethnic groups throughout the world. What will you do in the day of visitation? There are many other questions like this found. In Isaiah. Now we're coming to the letter S and we're coming to the second advent. Um, first of all, dealing with the, the nation of Israel. Chapter 40, verse 10. Behold, the Lord will come with strong hand and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd and shall gather lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. The Lord graciously, lovingly, very tenderly uh, in the illustration of a shepherd gathering his sheep and his lambs unto him as he is the great shepherd, the good shepherd, the shepherd not only of our bodies, but of our souls. The second advent also has a relationship to the enemies of the Lord. For behold, the Lord will come with fire and with his chariots, like a whirlwind to render his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. And I seem to have left a reference of that particular one, but I'm sure you will find it. Other subjects under S are what we've seen already, because all the scriptures we've been looking at, there is of necessity an interrelationship between them. The song of the redeemed, Satan dealt with, a wonderful subject. The Shekinah glory revealed and manifest 
We read that earlier. And of course the salvation of Israel itself. We turn to T. And in T we come to the tribulation. Tribulation particularly of Israel is mentioned here in Isaiah 66 verse 7. Before she travailed she brought forth. Before her pain came she was delivered of a man-child. Who hath heard such a thing? Who shall see such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. This metaphor of the woman um, for Israel is found a number of times in Isaiah. uh, Connected with the passage that we've just read, you could look at Isaiah 47 verse 7 through 9, and also 54, chapter 54, verses 5 through 6. So there will be a time of tribulation in the future. The New Testament calls it the Great Tribulation. A tribulation for Israel in particular, and a tribulation for the world in general. Underneath T, we could think of other smaller subjects that in the future, teachers will be restored. And there will be the teaching of Israel and by Israel. There will be the time of peace we've seen and the terrible shaking of the earth. Letter U. And under the letter U, um, we have a couple of things. But U should remind us that in Isaiah, there is a lot of unfulfilled prophecy. Quite a considerable part of the book of Isaiah falls into this category, covering the before, during and after of our Lord's second advent. A little quote from Matthew Henry might not be out of place here. He says concerning the unbeliever, Carnal hearts dread nothing so much as the fulfilling of Scripture. Well, we desire the fulfilling of scripture and for us the fulfilling of scripture is quite simply because it is one of the chief authentications to the origins of the divine scripture coming from the mouth of God himself. Also under the letter U is um, our unbelievers in Isaiah 32 verse 6 for the vile person will speak villainy and his heart will work iniquity to practice hypocrisy and to utter error against the Lord and make empty the soul of the hungry and will cause the drink of the thirsty to fail. So will the unbelievers dealt with um, by the Lord. We shall hurry on now as time is going. Um, number of references to unbelieving Israel um, are found in his book um, Before the Nation is Born Again at the second advent in Isaiah 66 verses 7 through 8. V brings us to the word visitation, speaking of um, Antichrist's uh, impending attack. The, The scripture in Isaiah 10 verse 13 tells us, And what will you do in the day of visitation and in the desolation which shall come from far? To whom will you flee for help? And where will you leave your glory? Without me they shall bow under the prisoners, and they shall fall under the slain. For all his, for all this, his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. 
W. Um, we've looked at this partially already when we looked at praise in the millennium. Um, worship there will be in the restored theocracy. Um, in Isaiah 12, verse 6, praise, song, trust, joy and worship are all found for the Lord and for his works. And in chapter 12, verse 5, it says, by all the earth. There is an extended passage in Isaiah 25, verse 1 to 26, verse 21. And that's an extended passage there concerning praise. I'm only going to read one verse now. In that day shall the song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Chapter 61, verse 10. We'll give more of that as in 66, verse 23. Other subject under W are the wicked dealt with. The woman desiring reproach removed, washing away sin, and that little phrase without end. Brings us to the letter X, and here is where I am stumped. Um, I couldn't find any reference which would suit this letter in our alphabet, so I would be grateful if anyone out there um, who is listening um, could maybe email me and uh, suggest a subject which I could profitably study. But remember, it has to be found um, uh, in the book of Isaiah in our subject. And of course, I would be extremely uh, grateful and glad for this. Why? Right. I think now, in the interests of time, I'll just give you the subject and not read the passages. But I'll give you the text. Um, the year of vengeance, Isaiah 34, verse 8. Um, the word year is very prominent in Isaiah and um, it comes out in six, Isaiah 61, verse 2. The year of the redeemed in Isaiah 63, verse 4. Z um, brings us to the same prominence that the word J in Jerusalem had. We have Z and Zion. Um, Zion now. And the daughter of Zion is left as a cottage in a vineyard, as a lodge in a garden of cucumbers, a besieged city. Zion in the future. Zion shall be redeemed with judgment and are converts with righteousness. Zion and the word of God, for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Zion in holiness, and it shall come to pass that he that is left in Zion and remaineth in Jerusalem shall be called holy. Zion in cleansing, when the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion. Zion and Antichrist, therefore thus saith the Lord God of hosts, O my people that dwellest in Zion, be not afraid of the Assyrian. Well, we've come to uh, the end of our encyclopedia, um, or Isaiah's encyclopedia of prophecy. And I suppose that uh, if I am uh, truthful, we've uh, traversed from Dan to Beersheba in the number of subjects. We have lightly touched the surface, but we have allowed the Lord's word to be spoken and maybe for each of us we might find something that will help us 
to pursue this subject further, to have a greater love for the prophet Isaiah and to spend more time in his word. Isn't it wonderful that the Lord has revealed to his prophets and we have this in the word. We don't have to go up a mountain to find this. We don't have to take a submarine to go down to the depths to find this. We don't have to go as far west or far east because the word is very near us. We have it in our scriptures and we neglect our scriptures at our peril. Amen.